This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Rookie roll call. Simple premise to the show. Hayden, checking in on the status for every single rookie heading into week one. They're standing on the depth chart and what we believe could be the outcome of their first season in the NFL. I'm going to try to keep them pretty realistic. We always can dream big. We'll see who has a chance of actually hitting the upside as well, but also like what's the role? What's our actual expectations here? When I hear realistic from you this offseason, I'm going to be honest. My brain jumps to pessimistic. <laughs> well, it's easy to just be like, yeah, this guy's going to smash, 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 but we'll see. So we'll go in ADP order. That means Bijan Robinson being drafted as the running back three. Eighth overall, Hayden, 12 total snaps in the preseason. Did that tell you anything? Yes, it showed once again how prolific this Arthur Smith run game is, how complicated it is, how much they use different personnel, and how much that's going to help Bijan Robinson be one of the most efficient running backs in the league. Like I feel extremely confident that his film is going to be fantastic. His efficiency is going to be fantastic. Really, the only question is, is he going to have 275 touches or 375 touches. I think he can handle all the work. They want to give it to him, but they also have some other complementary pieces in in both Cordell Patterson and obviously with Tyler Algier. Nice one-handed grab in one of the preseason games. We've seen one-on-one clips, pass catching all preseason long. Um, He's being drafted, as you said, like he is going to certainly get 300 to 350 touches and let's say eight plus touchdowns. We know that the efficiency of these Falcons running backs last year because of the design of Arthur Smith, because the offensive line were incredible. They led all NFL backfields and yards last year and yards per carry. We still, and why would they, show? we haven't seen like the ability to be this offensive weapon and how much that takes away from the... Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a lot, but we will find immediately out in week one and over on Underdog right now his... First week, pick them projections, 71 and a half rushing yards, higher and lower than half rushing touchdown, higher or lower against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, a thousand total yards or eleven hundred total yards for this season, I think is rushing yards even better. He's going to be like a Pro Bowl level guy. I would be shocked if he's not another rookie running back, running back nine, 30th overall. That means in your third rounds is Jameer Gibbs, 18 snaps in the preseason. All in one game. The big question to me, Hayden, is if the Lions are going to be as obvious, as binary as they were in splitting up the backfield last year that we saw in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Yeah, we've seen this coaching staff kind of compare this to back uh, with the Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara days. That's when where Dan Campbell is from, New Orleans. And I think that's what they're going to try to do here. I think they're going to ride David Montgomery a lot. I think that there's a very good chance that David Montgomery finishes with more touches than uh, Jameer Gibbs, but Jameer Gibbs will get certainly all the fun stuff. And I'd be pretty stunned if he did not look super explosive just because this offense and this offensive line can get, can get out in space. And there's plenty of design stuff that we're going to get from Ben Johnson. So it's a perfect scheme fit 
Third round in fantasy scares me a little bit in half PPR, but I do think he's going to be awesome for the Lions. Sixth pick of the third round. I still can't get over the fact that he's being drafted ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. Like, I will never be able to compute that in my brain, but I, I do understand it over that next tier, more so of the Travis Etienne's, maybe not Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, all of those names. Um, as we talked about with Bijan, if he hits – there is a potential like running back one overall season in the range of outcomes. I do not think that is in the range of outcomes for Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, it's just a size issue and David Montgomery's presence. And we have not seen David Montgomery once this preseason. Mm -hmm. You know, they paid him a lot of money prior to, you know, trading back and then selecting Jameer Gibbs. That seemed like one of their priority players all along, but they wanted to do it with their second first round selection. But even at Alabama, as you have talked about a lot, he just only saw a handful of carries in short yardage and goal line situations. The touchdowns are important. Again, I don't think it's going to be as binary, but it's just not going to be as simple of a layup of, hey, if this guy gets so much volume as a clear cut feature back, then he's going to smash. Yes, but I also think 75 receptions is like well within the range of outcomes. Yes, there. but you'll, totally. you'll, you have to have that for a third round in fantasy have to. I'm with you. And I've always brought up, you know, Chris McCaffrey's rookie season where he had like 185 touches and 80 of those basically were receptions. Um, mm -hmm. That is in the range of outcomes. Definitely. First wide receiver still going off the board is Jackson Smith and Jigba of the rookies wide receiver 34, 67 overall broken wrist sounded awful when it happened in the preseason game. It was likely a small bone. It likely meant a screw or multiple screws. Now he's already back to doing activities, as you all have seen on social media. He's catching passes, mostly underhanded, mm -hmm. with a cast on. What is your early season and long view expectations for JSN? I'm going to guess he misses, let's say, the first two weeks. Then the next two weeks, work back into game shape, make sure that he that brace is not going to worry about him. They have a week five bye. After the week five bye, that's when I think we'll be able to get more excited for JSN, it really just comes down to the target volume. I think the Seahawks are going to pass the ball a ton. They were sixth in neutral pass rate last season. Geno Smith is capable of throwing the ball all over the yard. It really just comes down to how good of a season is DK Metcalf having, because I think he's the true alpha in this offense. And then is Tyler Lockett still having another one of these super efficient years, even though he's a little bit older. But even if they are the clear one twos, JSN's a perfect scheme fit underneath option routes going to be able to boogie up the field down the seam and he's a tough player he just has to get over this wrist injury yeah until he gets that cast or brace off i doubt we see like a hundred percent of the full, full workload that we were going to get mm -hmm. with jason but i bet he's on the field in week one and i bet we could see that full workload maybe back in week two and week three and then we know that they have an early buy this season just quickly looking at last year's version of the seahawks team Noah Fant had 63 targets. Will Disley had 38 targets. Kobe Parkinson had 34 mm -hmm. targets. So while in our brains, it's tough to compute, hey, how can they give DK and Tyra Lockett and JSN a boatload of targets? Well, if you combine at least two of those pass catchers last year from the title yeah. position, or maybe all three, then there's enough to go around to everyone. And he does things differently than either of the other types of awesome wide receivers that they have on the team. Yeah, completely agree there. It's coming from the tight ends and JSN is like so much more explosive than those other options. So yeah, I, I'm expecting late in the season production from JSN. And when we, we talk about full time, that's full time in three wide receiver sets. I think it'd be I think it would be pretty shocking to see him in two wide receiver sets over these other guys, at least as a rookie. 
Yeah, totally agree. And while, you know, the team was 26 last year in 11 personnel usage, three wide receiver sets, that's going to be flipped on its head. And they're probably up at like sixth in the league mm-hmm. this season. If you watch our wide receiver tiers video for your fancy football drafts, you know, actually for us, Jordan Addison is the highest ranked rookie. He's going as wide receiver 37, just six spots later, 73 overall. Uh, he had 27 snaps all in preseason week two, I believe. The big talking point to me here, the big note, is he did play in the preseason. Obviously, he's a rookie. While Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, a bunch of other starters mm-hmm. did not play. So I guess my question to you is, does that mean that Jordan Addison is the third wide receiver on this team? And if so, when do we expect him to come into the fold in two wide receiver sets? There's certain, certainly uh, some uncertainty going into like week one, week two. And we've seen the Vikings do this even with Justin Jefferson back in yes. his rookie season. But I mean, if we're talking about week four and beyond, I would be shocked if it's not Jordan Addison, two wide receiver sets. In fact, when he was in the preseason, to me, the way that they were using them, it seemed like they were testing his abilities to run block because we're going to see a little bit more of a heavier uh, personnel package from the Vikings now that they have Hawkinson and Josh Oliver. They were asking Jordan Addison to go there and to block. But really what makes Jordan Addison Jordan Addison is his ability to win, especially not against press man coverage, out in space, both underneath and downfield. He's a perfect complement to Justin Jefferson. I'm already going to call my shot. I think that this kind of rare class, when you're talking about rookies who can have a 2.0 or higher yards per route run, the hit rate on these guys is fantastic. I think Jordan Addis can easily do that, especially if TG Hawkinson and, and uh, Josh Oliver are going to be in there to block a little bit. And then Jordan Addison is going to be able to hit on all this play action down the field. I think he's a perfect complement to this offense. Made an awesome sideline grab. I think he had to go through concussion protocol already this preseason as well. Um, I really like KJ Osborne as a player, but I want to stress to all of you, he is like the definition of a role player. And he's probably best in the slot where he's occupied with, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen out wide over the past couple of seasons. And so if this team, which we expect them to, to be in more two wide receiver sets with Josh Oliver being as a blocking option and TJ Hawkinson, then I think it's only a matter of time. Let's say week two, week three, four, Jordan Addison to like really make his mark in the starting lineup. And if you can check out the NFL pick'em lobby, three and a half receptions, 44 and a half receiving yards for week one for Jordan Addison against the Hempe Buccaneers defense, but overall 685 and a half receiving yards higher or lower. That feels really light. I think that yes. he can reach 600 routes this year. Yeah. So, and this- you, you say that because Adam Thielen was second in the league in routes run last season. And guess who was number one, Justin Jefferson. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple math we got going on. Okay, this area of the draft is like wide receiver heaven if you're looking to target these guys. Because as I mentioned, in the middle of the sixth round is JSN. The first pick of the seventh round is Jordan Addison. Then the fourth pick of the seventh round is Zay Flowers being selected as wide receiver 39, 76 overall. Hayden, he saw 16 total snaps this preseason. Just four in the slot, 12 out wide. This is one of those teams that we like really have no clue what this is going to look like because we have not seen Lamar Jackson, no Odo Beckham, no Rashad Bateman, and no Mark Andrews, and probably no real play calls here from the new offensive coordinator. And I've heard players on the Ravens call Rashad Bateman the wide receiver one. I've seen other players on the Ravens call Odell Beckham, who got paid $15 million, the number one. And then the beat reporters keep calling Zay Flowers the number one. We'll see. 
My realistic expectation from Zay is to be out there in only three wide receiver sets, though this Ravens offense probably will run a lot more three wide receiver sets under new offense coordinator Todd Monken. I'm very curious to see how they're going to deploy him because at times in Boston College, he was winning against pressman coverage on the perimeter on go routes. That's very hard to do um, now that he's this small playing against NFL corners. Or is he going to be kind of in this like Devin Duvernay plus role where lots of gadget, lots of slot stuff. I think that's the bare minimum he's going to be doing that stuff. We'll see if he has the skills in how Odell and Rashad Bateman look. I'm expecting a kind of up and down season from Zay Flowers with a lot of plays and flashes of him being a real player. Reviewing his preseason tape, I was really impressed with how he was changing speeds in his routes and for that to open up areas of space for him. And he is easily their best yards after catch option. So while we saw like some of the Devin Duvernay stuff at the line of scrimmage or behind it with Greg Greg Roman, I think Todd Monken may still – manufacture some touches for him, some space for him down the field. But then that even just helps us because he can create a little bit more even after that. I mean, I, I planted my flag. I, I think that Zay Flowers, while I didn't think he was the perfect prospect like some people might have, I believe he's going to lead this team other than Mark Andrews in receiving mm-hmm. yards this season. Mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson is only three wide receiver spots after that of the Los Angeles Chargers. Wide receiver 42, 85 overall. Uh, so we talked about snap counts in the preseason. QJ played 55 snaps, easily the most of basically anyone we're going to talk about today. He stayed beyond the quote unquote first team as well. When they would exit, he would get on the field. I would expect that to be because he just needed the reps because we saw the highs and the yeah. lows of Quentin Johnson's game. One final note. No Mike Williams, no Keen Allen, and no Josh Palmer for a single snap this preseason. So if we connect the dots, that might mean, at the very least, Quentin Johnson is going to be the wide receiver four to open the season. I think Jordan Addison is going to run just crazy numbers versus Quentin Johnson. I'm pretty surprised that they're this close in ADP. Quentin Johnson, I think, was more of a pick for the long-term problems that the Chargers are going to have, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, easily can be let go after this next season. Quinton Johnson, I think, needs some development, and I would not be surprised if this season looks like what the Traylon Burke season did from last year, where there were some training camp concerns, which we've seen with Quinton Johnson with both drops and also playing this deep into the preseason. And I can see him just with a lot of mouths to feed, not getting onto the field that much. I think when he does get on the field, it will be a vertical role. I think that's where he wins in the NFL. I don't see him doing all of the screen stuff that he was doing at TCU, but I think that he just needs a legit year to kind of transition from big 12 to the NFL. It's funny you say that about the vertical shots. And I I agree with you. Like he's, I think an important element for them to create these explosive plays that we keep talking about with Kellen Moore, because if you dig like many people have into the metrics at TCU, he is viewed as this yards after catch magician. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost think his rookie year might go towards the snap counts of Christian Watson, even though they're different players. But, you know, Christian Watson, that first week, he got 66% of the snaps. Then it was 32%, 25%, 29, 9, 23. And then obviously he was thrust in the starting lineup towards about the midway part of the season. Look, I liked Joshua Palmer a lot heading into last season. 
I do not think Joshua Palmer is one of these elite talents. However, the people that have been at training camp say he's been really good in this new system, which you can expect, like at least a downfield go up and get it playmaker a la maybe Michael Gallup mm-hmm. a little bit. But if Quentin Johnson can't eclipse that during his rookie year, then I think there are some questions there for, hey, how ready was this guy during yeah. his first season in the league? I'm not expecting a whole lot in September. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that is the way to put it. And again, he's only going, what, uh, 13 picks, 12 picks later than Jordan Addison. And uh, I think that's a pretty, pretty stark difference between the two. Okay, his NFL season projections, just 575 and a half receiving yards as his higher or lower. Uh, you can see the right. I'm building a slip actually right now. I forgot to mention the Jameer Gibbs week one against the Kansas City Chiefs potential high scoring game. Uh, if that is the case, the Lions need to react to that. So 25 and a half receiving yards for Jameer Gibbs uh, with some pressure maybe being put on Jared Goff. Really like that number. Really okay. like that number. Okay. Anthony Richardson, 100 overall, quarterback 11. He's a starter. Last game he played, 38 rushing yards on two carries plus three scrambles. What are your expectations? I'm expecting him to scramble a bunch. I'm expecting him to avoid sacks a bunch. I think all of the passing stuff will be a long process. His accuracy has been exactly what we thought. Pretty horrific for NFL standards, but he does some actually special things. And I think we're going to see strides. And I trust this coaching staff to make the most of it. He at least has some really big wide receivers in Michael Pittman uh, and Alec Pierce. At the same time, Alec Pierce doesn't get open at all. So we'll see. I think that it's just the trait that's going to save him is he's not going to be in third and 18s. He's not going to get sacked. Those plays on other quarterbacks, it's third and 18. For him, it's second and six because he was able to escape it and run for it. I'm curious to see how much actual design rushing you're going to get from uh, Anthony Richardson because a lot of the Jalen Hurts stuff, it's at like in short yardage and they ask him to scramble. I like to see maybe a little bit of zone read stuff from Anthony Richardson, but really – the season is going to come down to how much development does he need as a passer and how much of that is just accuracy versus like going from one to two and across the field. I think that he can do that at a fine enough level. Yeah. 16 and a half passing touchdowns projected compared to 11 and a half interceptions. Yeah. I mean, that 675 and a half rushing number. Um, it feels stands light. out. And that does, feels light. And it feels a little. I mean, life is going to be more difficult without Jonathan Taylor on the field. That's right. at least going to happen for the first four games of the season. And heck, Jonathan Taylor could be traded during that portion, mm-hmm. and then he just never has him during his yeah. rookie year. Dalton Kincaid selected 16 spots after that at 116 overall, tight and 11. In week two of the preseason, without Dawson Knox available, we saw like ideal usage for Dalton Kincaid. That was almost like Darren Waller-esque in terms of matching him up against safeties and, and linebackers. But then when we got to preseason week three, when Dawson Knox was back into the fold after figuring out his finger, Dalton Kincaid only played seven of 13 snaps with the starters. Meanwhile, Dawson Knox and his slot competition and Deontay Hardy were in there for nine. So this is the tight end 11. It's not like you're having to give up too much, 116 overall, but still, that that is a, a pick that you want immediate returns on. Yeah, it's like very basically unprecedented outside from Kyle Pitts on where we're projecting a rookie tight end to finish. But I think it's an achievable bar for him to stay kind of on this tight end one, two, even if he doesn't have a full time role, because I don't think they're going to trust him basically at all in the run game. They tested him in the first preseason game, did not go well. Then they changed how he was going to be blocking. And I can see him not 
being out there for that many snaps, but a lot or maybe 70% of the routes. And I think that would be enough to keep him alive. I love his tape when he's on these option routes. I really do think he has um, some special sauce out there. So very curious to see how, how this looks. I would also not be surprised if down the stretch, he earns a couple bit, couple more 11 personnel snaps at the expense of Dawson Knox. When they drafted Dalton Kincaid, my brain immediately jumped to because of Brandon B coming from the Panthers because of Ken Dorsey being the quarterback's coach during this time. The Carolina Panthers back in 2011, Cam's rookie year, when they had both Greg Olson Mm -hmm. and Jeremy Shockey. That season, Greg Olson played 83% of the team snaps. Jeremy Shockey played 55% of the team snaps. Football has changed a lot in the last 12 years, but... I actually believe going back through the post-draft press conferences, Brendan Bean cited that pairing of Olsen and Shockey as like reason for doing this. So who knows if I've uncovered something from 12 years ago. I would be surprised if Kincaid could block like those two guys. True. But maybe the Snapchat, like the 11 and a half personnel thing, I love the marketing of that. Um, And I don't want to dig too much into exactly who's lining up in preseason, but it was about 40% in line versus 60% in the slot or out wide. Just something to consider. He's not going to be a like full, full time player. Mm -hmm. Tank Bigsby, just a little bit after that two picks. Uh, Also running back 39. I know that he isn't getting like exactly pinpointed usage in certain circumstances, but I do want to note that he rose from one snap with the starters in the first preseason game to then 36% of the snaps with the starters in the final preseason game. That is what we call progression. Yes, he's going to be at least included in the starting lineup. We'll see what role. I think the Jaguars are trying to figure that out. Do they want Jermichael Hasty on third downs and then Tank Bigsby as just a rotational player? Or do they want Tank Bigsby to kind of handle some of the early down stuff and keep Travis Etienne kind of in this explosiveness role? Very intrigued to see what's going to happen at the goal line over time. I think certainly to start the season, they'll allow Travis Etienne, who they have way more draft capital invested into, to see what he can do from that. But I do think that Tank Bigsby showed quite a a good showing on the ground out there. And uh, we'll we'll see what Travis Etienne's final role is going to look like in the NFL because he's not necessarily a pass catcher. He's not necessarily a goal line option. How are you going to get the most out of this Pretty rare explosive back in Travis Etienne and who's going to be the guy to compliment him. They're trying to make Tank Bigsby that guy, and I think he will be. Yeah, I think it's fair to question what we're going to get out of this Colts defense to start the season. And Tank Bigsby as the team's second back, just 25 and a half rushing plus receiving yards projection for week one over on the Pick'em lobby. Okay, Marvin Mims is a player who rose all during the preseason, now being drafted 125th overall. So in the 12th round, wide receiver 56. I understand it from what we know about the depth chart now. Jerry Judy is out a moderate hamstring issue. Who knows how long he's going to be out for? Some have said two weeks. Some have said like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost certainly it's going to be Marvin Mims opposite Cortland Sutton. Mims, who was Sean Payton's first pick as Saints pseudo general manager and known head coach. What we love about Marvin Mims, at least what I did at Oklahoma, was that he was an awesome ball tracker, but I would not call him a high volume receiver. Yeah, I saw the same thing, kind of like a a vertical slot option, though he doesn't have to be in the slot. And that Oklahoma offense was so hard to parse through. There were so many dead routes I didn't think necessarily would translate. He is definitely on the undersized. But you see the explosiveness. I think what you just said, the ball tracking is very good for a player 
of his size. So yeah, we'll see what's going to happen long-term. They're going to give him every opportunity early on in the season to kind of hold on to that role. But I think that Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton are going to ultimately put up better numbers than Marvin Mims, but it, he has had a beautiful run out when it comes to Tim Patrick's out of town. KJ Hamler's basically out of town. Jerry Judy's probably going to say miss a month of the season. So Marvin Mims, maybe we see a couple of splash plays early on, but I think the realistic expectation averages about four targets per game. And that's just because it can be very balanced offense up in Denver. Only four wide receivers on the active roster at this point. Brandon Johnson is the fourth. Um, simple question. Can Marvin Mims be Russell Wilson's new Tyler Lockett? <laughs> Just that's answer what is no. I mean, they're trying. I, I see the vision. Uh, but if, if you go and like watch Tyler Lockett as a player, he is probably underrated in aspects other than just ball tracking down the field. I'm not saying yards after the catch, but just in terms of his releases and creating that separation. And I think it'll be very difficult for a rookie to fulfill that destiny this early on. I think he getting him away from press man coverage off the line of scrimmage, getting him in motion, all that type of stuff, which what that's what they were doing at Oklahoma. And like, yeah. I think that's the pr- progression that we need from him. We talked about in the tight end tier show that this does open the door for Greg Dulcich because they might be a 12 personnel heavy team mm-hmm. early on and he can be pseudo slot receiver uh, for the team. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have and you realize that. The library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals underdog. Devon A-Chain, talk about runouts, now being drafted as the running back 44, 132 mm-hmm. overall. Uh, he ran as the running back five for much of the preseason behind Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed. Uh, he got a shoulder injury during that time, but he's and the team has said he will be okay for the season opener. We know that since Miles Gaskin has been cut, Jeff Wilson shockingly has been put on IR because that happened out of absolutely nowhere. Um, I know he hasn't practiced since August 6th, but I don't think anyone mentioned that he's going to miss four games until that actually happened. They didn't sign Dalvin cook. And so now standing in Devon, a chain's way, it is a 31 year old Raheem Mostert and Salvin Ahmed, who the best thing you can say about him is he had a really nice preseason. He did have a good preseason, but yeah, this, <laughs> if a chain can ball and he can handle workload, this is the perfect run out for him to go do everything. We see an explosive player. We see somebody that could be used in special ways as a receiving uh, back. In fact, there's like some of his best plays were like these wheel routes at Texas A&M. I think that McDaniel is going to try to scheme him up early on in the season. I can see him being the passing down back and having Raheem Mostert handle the workload. I can also see Salvin Ahmed still playing ahead of a chain while he plays through 
this injury. And in the back of my mind, we still have the chance that the Dolphins still end up trading for Jonathan Taylor or somebody like that. So we'll see. This is a player that everyone loves. I understand why. Super explosive. I understand all that. He will be probably pretty efficient. I do think the Dolphins are going to try to run the ball more as they work uh, back against the defensive adjustments that teams made down the stretch last year. Can he hold up? Will it matter enough in half PPR best ball? We'll see. I also wonder if like one of these backs is just going to win out. Like it's almost like the pre, this might not be the best comparison, the pre 49ers with Christian McCaffrey, like, Hey, it's just somewhat of a rotation or someone goes down and it's just fulfilled by someone else, you know, because let's say Raheem Moser does go down. Sure. You get the explosive element from Devon a chain, but then this is why they've kept Savan Ahmed on the roster. And so he's going to get touches too. I just don't think one of these 190, 195 pound, 199 pound running backs is just going to lead the way with 75% of carries, even though I like Devon a chain and all that they've talked about this preseason is, Hey, the counter punch is the running backs. The counter punch is the running backs. We'll see. It would be very funny if the whole premise of drafting a chain was for later in the stretch, once the veterans get injured and what if he gets injured early on and now all of a sudden Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson down the stretch to, to lead it, but expect the dolphins to run more. They need to. Yes. He is still being drafted ahead of Raheem Mostert. How do you feel about that? Um, I would just rather have Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert's literally Devin eight, like Devin Achain's trying to be Raheem Mostert in the NFL. Sam Laporta. Locked into a role, tight end 13, 136 overall, climbed a lot this summer. Uh, once again, he's a tight end one, and they're, you know, another one of these rookies with no roadblocks of veterans in the lineup. Um, we like a bunch of these young tight ends. Pretty simple. Yeah, he is the undersized version, so I'm curious to see how that's going to work in a Dan Campbell offense. But when you're looking at his tape from Ohio, uh, Iowa State, lots of option routes from the slot, lots of targets out there, and that's basically one of these space tight ends. Is he going to be able to hold up uh, in uh, attached to this offensive line? We'll see about that there. The plan currently is yes for him to do that. And there's not that much depth behind him. So this is another one of these rookies where it's everything's for the taking. If he can really play, he has all the opportunity. In fact, you just like looking at the, the target distribution right, right now. Amon Ra is going to get his clearly. Jameer Gibbs is going to get him. Then it's like Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, my guy there. And you're looking for a true number three, number two option right now. If Sam Laporta can pull it off, it would be a chance for him. But like the what we're seeing in the pick'em lobby, he's projected for 20 and a half yards. That's probably the more appropriate, realistic expectation. I mean, the one you really might want to take is the three and a half receiving touchdowns. If you're really a believer, this team last year set a franchise high 10 receiving touchdowns. And I believe like Brock Wright and Shane Zilstra had four and three respectively. Um, they rotate a lot. They're like putting more bodies in terms of their inside the 10 yard line usage with tight ends. But, uh, seems like Lepore is going to be out there all the time. He is six, three, two forty five. So like staying next to our guy Musgrave. Yes, he is smaller, but it's not like he's Jordan Reed or Gerald Everett in terms of size. If my brain remembers. Okay. Rasheed Rice, one thirty eight overall wide receiver, 61. The chiefs are one of these teams that do play their starters during the preseason and rice got some run with Patrick Mahomes. He's likely, I think the best yards after catch threat that this team has, but he's another one of these rookies that continued playing. Once the starters got off the field, it was him and Justin Ross playing with a bunch of backups at times. Yeah. I don't think I see 
Rice panning out as a rookie too much. I think he's going to mix in a little bit, but I think the current plan for for Andy Reid is just rotate these guys in and out, in and out, and it's just going to be, all right, for this exact concept, I want this guy running the route, and I think that Reid has the mental capacity to have all that stuff layered in. I think Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore are the best opportunities for getting like true number one usage, but I think it's just going to be more or less a rotation. And I'm not sure exactly if I know where Rasheed Rice like wins. He's kind of a tweener a little bit in ways that kind of like Juju Smith Schuster is. Um, but I just even with Patrick Mahomes there, I think there's going to be six wide receivers that see the field. Yeah, he is now being drafted ahead of starter Marquez Valdez Scantling on the roster. Roshan Johnson is next. Roshan Johnson being drafted at 150, excuse me, 149 overall, running back 50. So Khalil Herbert is the starter. Roshan Johnson did check in later on this preseason in two third and long snaps with those starters. But then what we saw was in the third series, Deontay Foreman come in and own that series. Um, If you read between the lines, maybe some, Reports that have been out there, Deontay Foreman was like this close to not making the roster. And so if that was the case, then Roshan would immediately become this team's running back too. It's just another one of these questions of, hey, is this team going to use that same two series for David Montgomery to one for Cleo Herbert? I don't necessarily think so. Like, I, I think they understand that maybe Herbert's weakest aspects are in pure passing situations and Roshan comes in there. But also, if you read the beat writers, they have all said that Herbert is clear, clear as the team's top and leading running back. I can see two drives for Khalil, one drive for Foreman, but Roshan is the third down back for all of them. That's where Roshan's skill set's different than these other guys. So he's going to be a special team contributor. He's going to be a headsy, kind of do everything running back, not necessarily all that quick. Um, But I think that minimally he's going to have the pass game role. Unfortunately, we're talking about the Chicago Bears. So for fantasy land, you basically really have to squint to kind of even see flex value from him. So I think he might be a better like real life player than it matters for fantasy though. I'm with you. Deonta Foreman could easily be removed from this offense either in week one or by week 10. And I do think that Roshan's going to earn more playing time. I just don't think it's going to matter. Your point about how the running back usage in the passing game is different for the bears. And let's say like, maybe the ideal version of that recently has been Samaje P Ryan of like, Hey, he can make this relevant. Um, the usage is just like bottom of the barrel when it comes yeah. to the bears and just, they're not, <laughs> yeah, uh, just, I'll stop there and just say everything <laughs> in terms of the passing game, Jonathan Mingo, two spots later, wide receiver, 67, 151 overall. I'm, I'm still a little shocked by this per se, where we mm-hmm. have a bunch of players ahead of him, uh, who are maybe fourth or fifth on their depth charts. Meanwhile, Jonathan Mingo is the locked in starter and, he easily has the most juice of any of the wide receivers on the Panthers. Extremely low bar after watching what uh, (laughs) Thielen and Shark have been able to show us uh, through camp and the preseason. Mingo could play, man. I think that he's got the opportunity. He's not a big spreadsheets guy, and I think that's why he's been buried. Um, But he's got the size and the athleticism and the starting lineup role that you're looking for for a breakout. So I'm with you. I would rather have Mingo than Rice and some of these other guys that we've talked about. Like, I think there's a chance that Mingo's like actually a good NFL starter, probably a, a maxing out as like a number two in the NFL. But for Carolina, they are desperate for even a number three to step up right now. That's just the reality of the situation. I think Bryce Young is going to be a distributor. And if, if he thinks that Mingo's the true number one by halfway point, 
I think that he could end up being somebody that's like ranked inside our top 50 wide receivers. Yeah, going a full round later than Rasheed Rice uh, at the end of round 13. I also think people don't understand who Jonathan Mingo is as a player. Like when DJ Chark went down with this hamstring thing, I, I put out a tweet that said that, hey, Terrace Marshall is probably going to take over the vertical downfield pass catcher. And I got like 10 mentions being like, that's not Jonathan Mingo's game. No, Mingo is the movable Z who is going to get underneath patterns and win after the catch, also in mm-hmm. RPOs. Like, sure, there's going to be a couple times where he does get down the field, especially when they see single high coverage. But the field stretcher is DJ Chark, who yeah. is lacking juice and a contest catch player basically now. And that's all that Terrace Marshall is. I think people in their brains just have like, oh, Mingo's big and fast. He's just going to run straight down the field. So he's not going to get a yeah. bunch of volume. They might be surprised by his volume. Yeah, I would say he's a poor man's AJ Brown. And that's just how he looks. Obviously, it helps that he was also at Old Miss. But like a lot of the crossing routes, like we saw that play in the preseason yeah. where he absolutely trucked that dude in the middle of the field. That's, off and that's where you're going to see it. 39 and a half receiving yards for his debut against the Atlanta Falcons as his higher or lower. That's higher than a lot of the guys we talked about. Exactly. And if like the Panthers have a chance, they're going to need to feed Jonathan Mingo based on what we have seen this preseason. Jalen Hyatt, 157 overall wide receiver, 68 Hayden. Another player who started to see more work with the starting unit as the games went along. Um, I think he'll start off in a specialized shot play role because he does bring traits to the table that all the other Giants wide receivers do not. Yeah, I think like Jalen Guyton with the Chargers where he mixes in for that kind of deep threat role initially. And I think he has the juice to potentially have a full-time role down the stretch. Obviously, I thought that he had a chance to be like a top uh, 32 kind of pick. He fell to the third round. That's the bad news. The good news is Brian Dable knows how to use him. And we saw that in the preseason, not just the vertical route where he ran right by row the safety um, off coverage in the slot, but also even against Sauce Garner, they got him in the, in motion running full speed ahead right at Sauce Garner and just blew right by him. I think Dable's going to know how to use him. I don't think he's going to be able to sit there on uh, the line of scrimmage. So I think what's going to happen, Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slater are going to start on the outside. Then you're going to have Paris Campbell in the slot mostly. And then you're going to have Jalen Hyatt to be able to kind of mix and match both from the slot and kind of that Darius Slayton role on the perimeter. Oh, question. Do you think he can make the transformation as a rookie to overtake either Darius Slayton or Isaiah Hodgins on the depth chart? I think I, I definitely think so, especially if he catches a couple of these passes down the field. Now, there are some other guys like Wondell Robinson that are still on the depth chart that probably will see some snaps. But that's why I'm keeping like realistic expectations here that I think this is going to be a wide receiver rotation and the Giants pass game offense is like a little bit more sexy, but not necessarily all that sexy. Um, so I think Hyatt could play, but I think it's going to be kind of a schemed up version that has real life value, not necessarily for fantasy, though, right. better in best ball. So, yeah, I was going to say he's basically not a redraft player at this yeah. moment because he's going at the beginning of the 14th round mm-hmm. where he's stacking is and snaps wise, you're going to have to hope that he is like by week five, week six, week seven mm-hmm. acclimated to the NFL to be a full time player. But yeah. in best ball leagues, I totally get it. Spike weeks, spike mm-hmm. weeks. Okay. One pick after him, Tajay Spears as running back 51. Uh, I already believe, and you might think this is a lunatic take. He might be one of the most talented running back twos in the league. Um, he has no chance, though, to eclipse the starter without injury. 
we saw Derrick Henry last season get the most receiving usage of his NFL career. But at the same time, this is also probably the most talented backup he's had during his NFL career. I would say for sure. And what's cool about Ty J is they they think that he can be kind of a three down guy. He doesn't have yeah. to do that on his offense, but that does mean they're at least holding out hope that Ty J could be kind of a passing down compliment to Derrick Henley in certain situations. But also if Henry goes down, I do think they would try to make uh, Ty J like somewhere like 15 touches in a week. So I'm with you for, for redraft leagues and in best ball. I think he's a fantastic pick. He ran away with the RB two job for sure. And uh, long-term they have the ACL injuries, but everything, if you read the doctors, they're saying that this year should be fine. He's healthy, ready to go right now. And he absolutely lit up my USC Trojans. I can tell you for a fact, he's very explosive. Only a best ball pick. No standalone value on a weekly basis right now. To me, it's at the very last spot in redraft though. Mm. I don't mind him because it's so clear. All it takes is so Derek Henry. And it's like, all right, Derek Henry's touching the ball 30 times in some right. games. Like he has if Derek goes down, he'll be ranked as a top 20 running back in the league for sure. And I like having those. It's like so defined to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. He is like, again, we've talked about this a lot. Not all handcuff or running back twos are create equal because sometimes, and we'll get to some of them in a little bit, uh, when the starter goes down, then they'll bring in a veteran or go right. by committee. I don't think they'll go by committee if Derek yeah. Henry goes down. For example, like Roshan Johnson has an easier path to being like in the fantasy mix. I would yeah. much rather just have Taiji because it takes one thing for me to know I'm starting Taiji. Multiple things we have to click before Roshan's like a running back three. Jaden Reed, wide receiver 69, 162 overall. This one's simple. He's a three wide receiver set player. He is locked into that. The only question is if he can ever replace Romeo Dobbs or let's say Christian Watson. That has to be probably by injury uh, or just by play. Yeah, I think Romeo Dobbs had a pretty good training camp in preseason as well and just totally different skills. So kind of Romeo is like such a throwback, like thicker dude. Um, Jaden Reed's been pretty flashy. had that that touchdown as well, working from the slot. So this is one of these where it makes sense. I understand why the Packers drafted him. I think he's going to be a decent slot level player in fantasy if you're not playing in two wide receiver sets, if you're not in the red zone especially if you're on a Jordan Love offense, it's hard to make sense in fantasy land. So maybe cool in Dynasty. We'll see what happens. Maybe cool in full PPR. But in the game that we play, I think that he's going to be fun to watch and nothing beyond that. Luke Musgrave, tight end 2163 overall. He's the starting tight end on the team. Easy game. Yeah, big, explosive um, starting player. They're trying to scheme him open the ball. He's blocking his ass off in the preseason. What's not to like? Like To me, like the, it's insulting that Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed are going right next to each other. Like One guy has to be a tight end. The other guy has to make it into the top 36 wide receiver rankings. Like, get out of here. Like, There's no chance a slot-only player is going to do that. There is a very real chance that Luke Musgrave in week one finishes with like the eighth most routes among tight ends. Uh, you need to get on the risk team and tell them to get some pickums available for Luke Musgrave for They're his scared. rookie season and during week one. As you can tell, he is Hayden's most drafted player this summer. Okay, next up is Kendra Miller, running back 53, 168 overall. A tumultuous summer, um, wild preseason where he came off the pop list. He played in a preseason game, then got a sprained knee which I believe was the same knee that kept him out throughout the entire draft process. We all expect him to be out for multiple weeks, and then he goes out and starts the next preseason game and looks really good, especially in pass pro. And then in practice, he gets a hamstring issue with a bunch of medical professionals saying like that happens when you are trying to rehab 
a knee injury. So what we thought was that he was going to come in here and have a significant role while Jamal Williams was going to be the starter with Alvin Kamara suspended. Now we have no clue when or if Kendrick Miller gets his opportunity. And then once Kamara comes back, is he just like shelved? Yeah, this is like why we're doing this show. We loved, or at least I thought Kendrick Miller had like a legit chance to be an NFL starter. And then you go to this landing spot, you look at the contracts that they just dished out to Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. You're like, how is this guy going to see the field? And even if he does see the field a little bit, what does that even matter for fantasy? Because the Saints offense is so just slow paced and everything. So this is one of these guys where I think he's going to make some flash, flashy plays throughout the season, but like, do you even see him playing 10 offensive snaps per game? Like, I, I'm not sure if I do. And, like, it's the worst time for this hamstring injury because early on in the season, he was going to probably play passing downs while Kamara was suspended. But, like, if he's going to miss those games, like, what exactly is the point? And he yeah. hasn't practiced that much. I, I don't want to totally write him off because the season can be excruciatingly long, as we know. Yes. Um, so I don't want to, like, put my foot in my mouth ahead of week one when, like, week 11 – rolls around because we do think he's a talented player, but the first three weeks of the season would have been a tremendous audition for Kendrick Miller. And heck, maybe he even is able to be out there miraculously. But if that doesn't happen, the road of relevance is much more difficult. Yeah, It just requires other people to be removed from the offense. And like anything could happen, but I don't think it's the most likely. One of the biggest movers in the preseason was Tank Dell, now going as wide receiver 76, 177 overall. I am actually shocked he's being drafted as early and as often as he is. And I think part of it is because that first preseason game was like on a national stage. <laughs> yes, it was. And it hyped him up um, because he's not, he's like the wide receiver four or five on this team. The starting wide receivers are Robert Woods, Nico Collins. And if you go by the depth charts, it's Noah Brown. Then the pure slot player who's playing behind that is John Mechie. Tank Dell is playing out wide and in the slot. He's fun. He's a joystick. But, like, how is this guy being drafted in every single best ball league out there right now? Yeah, this is preseason brain. Like, we can't have preseason brain going into week one. I, I don't understand this one at all. I think he's going to be a rotational player at best. We forget, like, Robert Woods. I mean, you haven't forgot. You're on him. Robert Woods got a lot of money. Nico yeah. Collins and Tank Dell, you, couldn't, you can't even put them next to each other. It's insulting because Nico Collins is so big. I think that these roles are fairly defined. And I think what you're hoping for for Tank Dell is that he's like a rotational number three for a rookie quarterback on the Texans. Like, what exactly are we doing here? He's going to be a fun player, though. Like, I think in a pretty niche role. Yeah. My one of my favorite, let's put it that way, blocks for this uh, week one preseason pick is uh, this lower on John Metchie. I've already made some with with that. Because he will probably play like, seven to 17 snaps, but I doubt it's going to be a full-time situation. And heck, maybe with John Mechie, Tank Dell is going to be that third wide receiver if something Easily. happens to to Noah Brown. So um, all we need is a snap from John Mechie, and I bet this hits lower. Yep. Okay. That was my favorite I'll one. I'll fill out this, um, this pickup slip. I'll put it into the description down below so you all can tail it afterwards. Okay, one more, and then we'll go into a quick list. Deuce Vaughn. Preseason brain running back 55, 185 overall. So he did win the running back three job over Malik Davis. We know that Rico Dowdle is this team's running back two. But then typically when people look at running back twos or running back threes, it's again through the lens of, hey, is this the running back handcuff? Is this running back insurance? You cannot tell me <laughs> at his size. Sorry that. 
if something happens to Tony Pollard, they're going to give 13 touches a week to Deuce Vaughn. No, it would be Rico Dowdle. Like if the second that happened, we would be screaming on the waiver wire shows to just go pick up Rico. So like fun story, very cool, but you said it. It's preseason brain. I mean, it, it's kind of amazing. I get it. He's a really fun player. He had some moments. He will have moments throughout the season, but in these archetypes, in this kind of um, type of player where you are drafting them based on, hey, if the starter goes down, this is what he's going to do. Deuce Vaughn and like Jalen Warren are like totally different types. Totally different. Totally yeah. different. Okay. We will quickly go through a few of these. Bryce Young is next. Obviously, Bryce Young is a starting quarterback of this team. My hopes and optimism for what this team's ceiling could be uh, has come down a few notches because of the lack of explosiveness. That's going to be a huge talking point this offseason for the Panthers as they go out and try to fill that need. And then obviously the offensive line as well. But Bryce as an individual has played really well and really poised all preseason. Yeah, the poise, anticipation, and accuracy are all going to be his strengths. I think the offensive line has a chance to be way worse than we were expecting. Like, I thought there was like a chance that like Icky turns out to be a superstar and then all of a sudden this offense is cooking. It has not looked like that so far. It's a brand new coaching staff all the way through. So we'll see with Bryce. I'm very curious to see for him how much scrambling explosiveness are we going to see from him? I don't think there's going to be any designed running back or quarterback runs from him how much is he going to actually scramble he didn't have to do that all that much at alabama he's a good athlete i don't think he's a great athlete we saw it in glimpses though in train in the preseason where he's able to scramble a little bit yeah but we cool. need that it's awareness he's has really good spatial awareness right yeah. uh it is not a good sign that his first week projection is 215 and a half passing yards to open his nfl career against the vaunted falcons defense uh michael wilson Rookie outside wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Dobbs probably is going to be their starter. Um, I get the urge to like a big outside wide receiver for a team. But as we've seen, like with Nico Collins in the past, if their team is not going to be good or throw a lot or run yeah. with a lot of pace, it's almost meaningless to draft a player like this. And I thought Nico Collins had more juice than Michael yeah. Wilson as well. So, But uh, this is a classic story, and I, I will take my L here, of – Rondale Moore was the previous regime's problem. He was out there and immediately gets lapped by Michael Wilson, current regime's guy. I just, just not going to matter. And by, by the way, Dobbs, like he's going to run around a little bit. This is not like a traditional run game or a drop back game either. So if you're starting Michael Wilson, your team's probably effed. Evan Hall, um, rookie running back for the Indianapolis Colts, does a bit of everything, include including catching passes, is a very good athlete. It sounds like Zach Moss is going to be back for week one. Deion Jackson also a receiving back. So in this question that we get a lot, who's going to fill in for Jonathan Taylor in the first four weeks of the season? I'll call it a smorgasbord. I agree. It's not going to matter either. It's just like kind of like the Bears offense where the running backs just don't get used in the ways that you need for fantasy points. And I think they'll try to, if Zach Moss is healthy, he'll be the early down guy. And then Hull versus Deion Jackson are going to be kind of competing for that change of pace and passing down role. I don't think that has any fantasy value at all. Okay, final five names. Michael Mayer, 
CJ Stroud, obviously the starter for the Houston Texans. Josh Downs, slot wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Sean Tucker won the running back three job for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Puka Nakua, uh, who I think people are trying to make wide receiver handcuffs a thing. It happens with running backs. It's because they get volume for wide receivers when they get thrust in situations. A lot of it is about talent. Yes, I think Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby are going to be the only guys that you should know in the Rams offense if Cooper Cup misses week one. And it's not going to be pretty for them. What's your what's your realistic expectations for CJ Stroud? Do you think his number should be higher or lower than Bryce Young's? Well, we've we've already we've made a bet on this, right? Did we have a dinner bet? I, mean, I think I, we made I a dinner bet. Remember, dude. I, I think we made a dinner bet, and then I think you were victory lapping on Twitter after preseason week one. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. Okay, well, it, either way, um, I would take CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. Um, though, for oh, CJ I'll tell Stroud, you this, Hayden, ba- based on the words that you use prior to the draft, I bet you Bryce Young has more rushing yards than CJ Stroud does this season. That would that would be also fun to track. We'll see we'll see what happens there. Because I have the same questions about CJ Stroud. Like, how explosive is his scrambling going to be? We've seen it in glimpses more in the preseason uh, than we did at Ohio State. But these are just glimpses. And we spent a lot of this offseason talking about how improved this Texans offensive line yeah, is. And then just like oh rug pull, pull, rug, rug pull. Literally three of their starters that we're talking about Dude. are on IR. Insane. I mean. It happened out of nowhere where apparently Kenyon Green, their first round pick last year, needed to get shoulder surgery and then just didn't. And then Brian Brisset rips a spin move on him and it just pops out and he's done for the year. Juice Scruggs, who they spent a second round pick on to start at center this year, is on IR and hopefully comes back in week five. And right now, Titus Howard is probably going to miss week one or week two and maybe come back at right tackle. Yeah, I mean, I still think Damian Pierce is going to do well, but... That offensive line really needed to like gel and be cohesive. We've seen the 49ers get away with like backups and stuff, not to equate, you know, the 49ers and and what the Texans are going to do. But I will add that this Texans team, on top of what we talked about with the rotating wide receivers, they're going to use a bunch of multiple tight end sets and even fullbacks in situations too. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, fairly similar to the 49ers setup. And for for me, what I'm looking for for CD Stroud is how well is he going to get through the field? Because I know his accuracy is going to be phenomenal. I know he's going to be able to run around just enough. It's just how comfortable is he going to be? And we saw massive steps going for even from preseason week one to two to three. He looked comfortable at the end of this thing. But I think he's going to run into that Bryce Young problem where who exactly is creating the explosive plays? Like maybe Nico Collins is like in the same yeah. way that like maybe Jonathan Mingo well, is. But it's not going to be Robert Woods and, and Adam Thielen. No, it's going to be Damian Pierce in the running game. That's who creates those explosive plays. Um, okay. That's it. That went way longer than I expected to. Thank you for watching. Um, Next week, this week, as you're watching this, uh, we're going to be ripping our week one tiers and rankings for each position. Are you ready? I don't know. I'm I'm going to enjoy this weekend. We're recording this on a Friday. And so hopefully something doesn't happen before then. I I quickly want to say that this period of time when beat writers are not allowed to watch practices is – very well known on the show as the Trey Sermon session part of the calendar where he went from being the team's like running back one to being inactive <laughs> on game days. And so we truly have no idea what the runout might be yeah. for some of these rookies or other players once we hit week one. It's always chaos. By the way, Trey Sermon finishes the running back three in fantasy points this preseason. <laughs> okay. What a win. All right. Thanks, Producer Weaves, for chopping us up.
Thanks to Hayden for joining me on the show. Thanks to all of you for subscribing. Uh, stick with us next two months. It's very important. And go play an underdog. It be pickums, or you still have time to do all these drafts, especially weekly winners. I'll match your first deposit. I think it's up to $100 still. But also, if you sign up for the first time, you get a free pickum special. Patrick Mahomes, I like I like the higher on the 0.5 passing yards this week. Uh, a little extra juice. All right, up the velo. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.